Hello, and welcome to Get Wrecked. I am your host, Stephen Falgu. And I am your other host, Louis Falgu. And welcome to our occasionally bi-weekly podcast, where Stephen and I, two brothers, two siblings, get together every episode and recommend some piece of media to each other, be it an album, a movie, or whatever. And then in the next episode, we discuss each other's recommendations. And today it's episode 39, which is a landmark achievement um, because it's both a three and a nine. And three, I don't know if you know this, is a mul- or wait, three is a multiple of nine or nine is a multiple of three. One or the other. The point is that three can be multiplied. In fact, no, three is the square root of nine, actually, um, wow. which is incredible. Um, Most people come to this podcast and like, man, if only I could get some math on it. Exactly. Though. And I don't know if people know this, but three threes, that makes a nine. It does. Um, and you so know what three threes and a nine are? That's 39. Holy you know what episode it is? Shit. Yeah, that's right. You just We just unmasked the conspiracy. We parted the kimono, and now you know that we actually are the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Us. Whoa, us. whoa. Just hey, us. We weren't supposed to say that part out loud. Just us two. All that Illuminati mm-hmm. stuff, that was all us. We went back in time. We created triangles from scratch, <laughs> and there we are. That's us. Anytime you, this guys, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but if you see a celebrity making a triangle with their hands, it means that they're requesting to join us. Yeah. Really, we, we don't. We don't accept. It. Honestly, Request. if you've ever seen a triangle, just in general, then <laughs> you, you didn't know this, but you're yeah. a part of the Illuminati. Watch now. out, everyone! Watch out! Be vigilant! Be vigilant! Take note! Yeah, I okay. don't know why we're saying this. We want you to join us, yeah. but yeah. And there's only two or of do us. we it's really lame it'd be a lot better with like more people because our management <laughs> skills are really bad i mean as you can see we're part of a global conspiracy and we've got a <laughs> podcast that usually wagers like 30 views you know and like in a week so we could be doing a little better but i think you know we're doing we're doing okay and um all right three i want i just want to mention someone in the chat mentioned said that three is a number you are correct that is a fact. That's math right We've got there. some math geniuses in our chat here. Holy moly. Wow. This is math. Get Jeff Foxworthy on the line because this guy or girl smarter than a fifth grader. Wow. And also might be a redneck. <laughs> and uh, with that, I think that will neatly transition us into and what you recommended to me. Steven. Right. Speaking of rednecks, we're going to talk about Fallout Boy today. Famous bluegrass trio. Yeah. It was, uh, I believe, Fallout Boy and Larry the Cable Guy had the uh, classic blue-collar comedy tour that we listened to before. Um, so, Lewis, I recommended to you Fallout Boy. I want to say a, at least their second, second. Uh, most well-known or, or commercial album, From Under the Cork Tree, came out in 2005. Uh, had quite a number of singles that came off of this album and probably gave them their faint their small punk fame i guess then they went on hiatus for a while and came back as a i don't know what you would call them now um a imagine dragons uh, yeah exactly <laughs> probably what i would call imagine them. dragons core maybe yeah yeah um okay well yeah i mean some of the songs on this album were kind of interesting to hear again because i i feel like i haven't heard them since i was like seven um i remember um 
there were like radio stations that used to play sure we're going down and dance dance um and it was funny hearing them again with like actual like listening ears because before you know it's just kind of just background music um and hearing these songs that are kind of ubiquitous in a way to me because i'd heard them so much i mean it's also funny as well going back to this after having a decade of like what fallout boy does now and having heard those songs i guess not been a full decade but they've been doing it this decade and um (laughs) you know it's weird because I, i don't really think i'm sure a lot of people accuse them of being sellouts or something which is kind of funny because i mean they were a pop punk band in the mid 2000s if that's not selling out from the get-go i don't know what is um but like you know um it's definitely true that whatever sound or style or eccentricities that fallout boy had back in this time have completely withered away i feel like this fallout boy is at least respectable Whereas the current Fallout Boy is just an embarrassment, um, which I guess would be the major difference that I would make. But in terms of like pop sensibility or accessibility or whatever, I don't know how much has really changed. They're kind of just staying with the times and what's popular for rock bands to do now. Um, so well, I, I do want to you mentioned their um, eccentricities, and I do want to mention that as well, because I think that's to me what shines the most within this album versus what they do now now they are absolutely commercial in a way that is just totally soulless totally trend and soulless where at least here although they are very much pop punk and we're still kind of following the trend of like early mid 2000s pop punk they at least had some sort of a uh I want to say core message or, or kind of a, a through line through their tracks. I mean, even from the titles of their tracks, first of all, a lot of them are just straight nonsense. Like don't really have anything well, not to do nonsense. with it. It's like a sentence. There's like, it it's like a, song, yeah, yeah, it has nothing to do with the song. It's just random sentences or things like, um, I slept with someone in fallout boy and all I got with this stupid song written about Which me. is a reference to the band daughters, but you didn't know that <laughs> yeah. band daughters, a math core. And yeah. so, um, Wow, it all comes back to math, doesn't it? It all comes back. Holy shit. Yeah, uh, Fall Out Boy, famous math core band. So, um, <laughs> uh, even, and I know I didn't. Oh, here said it after I said it. Gotcha. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I didn't uh, ask you to do this, but even watching their music videos from this time frame, and I would say the album after this as well, you can tell that they at least had a, an image and a message, and that's just completely gone at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they do have a message because their remix album of their last album was called Make America Psycho Again. So I think they're very political. They're really pushing the forefront of revolutionary politics in the U.S. Yeah, um, their their um, arena rock anthems for <laughs> esports are really going Centuries to- really moved me on a level. Gave me a political revelation. Um, But anyway, um, yeah, well, I mean, look, a lot of the things you mentioned and a lot of things you mentioned there are still conventions of the genre. The long song title thing, that is like a scene band 101 thing to do stuff like that. Now, to be fair to Fall Out Boy, though, um, I think that they don't just... At this time, they did sound like a band that actually liked what they were making, <laughs> which is a big difference to now where I would be shocked if any member of the band actually gives a shit. Maybe they do. Um, but, um, yeah, 
So anyway, the first thing I wanted to say about this album is that, or this is basically like my summary of this album. I feel like, maybe not even just this album, just Fall Out Boy at this time. Fall Out Boy at this time is like early Panic at the Disco, but like if they were tolerable. <laughs> That's what this sounds like to me. Like, I'm not, when I was listening to this album, it was actually kind of shocking to me just how much they sound like uh, early Panic at the Disco, like pop punk Panic at the Disco, like, you know, I Write Sins, Not Tragedies, and all this, like that album, whatever the hell the name of it is. Um, it's like, it's remarkable. And uh, Brendan Urie, the Panic at the Disco guy, um, he was the front man at this time. I think he's like literally the only member now. Um, but he even shows up on this album like two times or something. Um, so they were clearly like in the same oeuvre there in the same scene. There are also a couple other members of other sim- bands in this scene uh, who appear on this album at certain points with little guest verses. Um, so, yeah, it's very of its time. Um, but where Panic at the Disco to me is like eccentric to the point of just being obnoxious and intolerable, um, this this is music that I can have on and not mind uh, usually. At the same time, though. I'm not really I don't find myself in the camp of like Fallout Boy used to be good exactly cuz I I mean I know a song from their album before this that's pretty cool and back in this time they were like I I would say they were they were bordering on being an emo band um they share some similarities with like um yeah Panic and My Chemical Romance like um emo pop kind of stuff like that um I hear a decent amount of this in this album as well and um I don't know where I was going with that, but I do. Uh, and so like, it, it's, I basically just, I, I ended up coming away from this feeling pretty unamused overall. I think that their style just isn't really that compelling to me in this time. Similar to Panic, they do a thing where like a lot of the court hooks and verses are, are verbose and not in the language being used, just like trying to force as many words into every line as possible. Um, that sort of deal. Uh, similar to the song titles in a way and um and also um usually mixing the vocals a lot louder than everything else the mixes are kind of sterile um it it sounds like a lot of pop punk at this time probably among the better um end of it but i wasn't like exactly enthralled by this compared to other stuff yeah i would i would agree with all of that for the most part although I do think it's probably a little better than the credit that you give it, but I also think that there are other examples of similar work that I think is a little bit better than this from other artists that you've kind of mentioned. Not Panic, but artists like My Chemical Romance. Although, I think that um, in general, I, I just really like this style that they have specifically and the sound that they have specifically in a lot of the tracks and most of the tracks here. And then also some of the pop more popular tracks that come off like the next album. Yeah. Um, but there are some tracks What I was going to mention is there are some tracks that I think because they do have a lot of energy and that's, and honestly it's just every now and then it's just kind of like random noise, random yelling energy that <clears throat> I like quite a bit. And in most cases, it's like also you don't even really understand what the dude is saying, not from the standpoint of you may not necessarily understand the lyrics, but just from the standpoint of it's kind of just garbage strings of words together. 
But you have songs like Sugar We're Going Down where he's like a creepy dude in a basement watching as his ex bangs another guy and <laughs> wanting to be in her jeans or whatever. Um, but you also have songs that are really kind of awkwardly slow um, and almost in like an ironic way. Like, for instance, the song so- Sophomore Slump is like strangely slow to the point where it feels almost distracting or detracting from the overall message. I feel like there are a couple tracks in here that are like that that I feel like could have been removed and were probably just there to slow the pace of the album down at certain points, but I don't feel like it added anything to the broader context. Yeah, well, I will say in the second half of this album, things get substantially worse. I actually kind of dig the first half. Um, I'm not head over heels for it, but um, I like the opener quite a bit. The opener's pretty good. Um, uh, Sugar We're Going Down is, is okay. They, they ha- uh, that, in, that song has a genuinely pretty great hook, um, although again, I, I, the, the, the mixing choices in this album make, make everything feel a lot more powerless, um, with his vocals generally being just m- much louder than everything else and far too clean for their own good. I would have preferred a little bit more energy there and I'm not really getting it. Um, I like the song seven minutes in heaven. Um, and then the closing track might actually be my favorite track here. I think the closer is really good. Um, but th- other than that, the second half of this album is where I think things get kind of bad. Uh, I don't want to say anything gets terrible, but a lot of these songs, like, I feel like all of my negative op- impressions of this album get amped on a lot of these songs. I notice the production gets even cleaner on some of these tracks. Um, their hooks get a little bit worse. And just in general, the formula, because it's 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 a formula that they're, that they're working with on a lot of these songs. You can see a lot of similarities track to track. Gets a lot more stale, and I think they write less compelling songs in that back end of the album. Um, but with that being said, I feel like it ultimately balances itself out. It's just like, I don't know. When I think about, I mentioned My Chemical Romance. I mean, yeah, they're a better band, but like, um, the mixing emo and pop punk together I don't think was ever a very compelling thing. Um, and I'm not, I, I don't think Fall Up Way could really be called an emo band, but they definitely share elements with a band like MCR or, or Panic. Um, and I never really found that compelling anyway, but I just, I feel like, I don't know, to me, the music is kind of, it's kind of dull. For a 42 minute record, like I, it, it just kind of fails to capture my interest. And you mentioned that they do things to slow the pace down at certain points. There is definitely, um, there is definitely an approach to the pacing of this album. Some tracks even segue into other ones. I mean, I appreciate that to some extent, but I don't feel like the band completely killed it in terms of me feeling like I'm listening to a full album experience. Whereas kind of a lot of songs that are doing very similar things, but in varying degrees of quality, um, and so I guess on the whole, the album can feel a bit, um, get a bit drab after a certain point. I don't know if you would agree. Yeah, I think I, um, I, I pretty much had the same sensibility. Kind of the middle of this album, I think it slows down, and you really feel that, um, you really feel that formula in the middle of this album. But I think the front half of this album, and then like from a little less, sixteen candles to the end, are actually really strong. And most of those were the ones that charted as well. So, I mean, that it makes sense. And then once you get into those kind of like that middle of the lineup, seven through ten-ish, I want to say, where it gets kind of slow and incredibly formulaic, that's where I feel like this drops for me. And also the tracks are, pretty much all the tracks are about three minutes plus. So you really feel it. Yeah. Um, I... 
I want to shout out real quick that here mentioned to me. I said something I guess I would take back. He said that mixing pop punk and emo gave us Deja on Tendu. That's an album by Brand New. I would agree. That's true. Okay. You're, I was wrong. Okay. Pop punk and emo can go well together. But when I think about the bands that mix these styles, I, I just don't find it to be a very compelling combo generally. Brand New did nail it on that album for sure. Um, and actually, this does remind me of really Brand New a little bit too. But Brand New were doing a sound very similar to this like four years before this and had progressed into something much more mature in not much more time so you know i don't know i i am um, in, in in all fairness though and i i meant this when i said it i do think that this era of fallout boy is genuinely respectable like i think that um even though they do sound a lot like Panic to me, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot like Panic. I cannot stress how much this sounds like Panic to me. Um, even even with that said, um, I can at least appreciate the sound that they were going for here. And I do think, and this is one point that I feel very positively actually across the record. Um, like I feel like this band puts a lot of energy into their performances. It's another reason why I wish the mix were better because I feel like I'm not really feeling that when I listen to the album. But like undoubtedly, the performances in this thing are really, really tight. Um, and there's some um, there's some great bridges um, and um, just some great instrumental work on here that does feel like it falls behind just because of how much the vocals are taking precedent over everything here and also just the generally sterile mix. But yeah, like also the drummer on some of these tracks was pretty impressive to me. So I would wonder if on... The previous album, um, which I assume probably was more raw, it didn't chart. I don't know if anything charted on that, but if it did, it wasn't like this album. This album is like the album from this time. I would wonder if on that album, some of the rawness and the energy in their performances come out more. I'm actually kind of interested to check that album out too after listening to this because I would be curious to hear if some of my problems with this were rectified beforehand, knowing that the band just continued to get more poppy as time went on, as far as I know. Um, and um, what else do I want to say that's positive? Um. Yeah, that's it. The band's the band's tight. I'll say that. I, I just want to mention that this album had a maroon vinyl that was sold exclusively at Hot Topic <laughs> at the time. Yes. Do you know when? Oh, nice, nice. No, 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 no. <gasps> January two thousand thirteen. Oh, a reissue. Reissue. A reissue for the Fall Out Boy classic. Well, certainly in their. Uh, catalog this is probably a classic right i mean when are we going to get our maroon save rock and roll vinyl that's my question that's right yeah but um where's my gold single of uh centuries oh yeah centuries that's a great song man yeah i don't know um and and while we're on that topic too it is jarring as hell uh listening to this knowing what they do now like it's actually really jarring because it's crazy just how much They've stripped away every single aspect that made their sound good in the first place. I mean, can you even call that artistic progression? I guess I'd have to hear the albums in between this and that to really tell, but I, I, uh, I doubt it. Um, but uh, I don't know if you have anything else to say about this because I kind of don't. Nope. So are you, okay, well, let's um, give our thoughts then uh stuff and things okay cool um here says this is a top five pop punk album and i guess that will start my spiel i don't know uh pop punk is a genre that obviously gets a lot of flack but i do think there are a lot of bands and a lot of 
um, that emerged from the genre that did interesting things with it. And I also think the genre is not fundamentally a bad idea. Um, but during the 2000s, it definitely uh, hit a wall. Um, and I don't think Fall Out Boy break that for me. That being said, this is a lot more tolerable than a lot of the other stuff that similar bands were making, um, like Panic at the Disco. And I mean, I can respect that they have a pretty good blend of a couple genres here, um, pop punk, emo pop, um, and that sort of thing. I can respect the blend that Fall Out Boy brings to the table here. I just think that the album um, is just a little drab for my tastes, um, but... To any uh, potential Fall Out Boy fans watching, just know that I am not uh, against. I'm not against Fall Out Boy, um, which is, uh, you know, I guess that's something, right? So, would I recommend this? I mean, if you think you hate Fall Out Boy because of what you've heard lately, this might be worth listening to because it could change your mind. Um, if you're a fan of pop punk, you should listen to this. Uh, and other than that, no, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, I don't think this is that great of a record i wouldn't put this up there with any recommended rock albums from the 2000s um but as far as mainstream rock albums go it's probably a slightly better one um and i'm gonna give it a five i think in general fallout boy has been a contentious band from its inception even back in these days even yeah. back in these People days look back follow me on this now which is funny because i remember everybody hated fallout boy yeah fallout boy was a myspace staple 100 percent, and people hated them and then now people hate them and look back fondly on these albums which i think is interesting i don't think anyone's going to look back fondly on the centuries era of fallout boy at least i hope not but i can definitely understand why people look back fondly at this and i do like this quite a bit I think that from an album standpoint, it definitely gets knocks for me. I think that the there are like the opener and the ones that charted and even a couple of closing songs are very strong off this album, but the album as a whole, I feel like drags, I feel like it's very formulaic, and ultimately I don't think it really holds up as a cohesive album. Um, but with that being said, I do really enjoy the songs that I enjoy off of this album. And I do really enjoy the songs that I enjoy off of the next album as well. So this early Fallout Boy era, I think they were doing things that for some reason resonated with me more than other similar bands of the time frame. Um, like I'm looking at Blink-182 specifically. So calling out Blink-182 fans. Uh, anyway. It was like 90s <clears throat> shit though. I know, but on it. I know, but even as Worse we go through, Worse than Fallout Boy a decade earlier. <laughs> I know, they need <laughs> to get on their shit. Yeah, for sure. Look, Lewis, we're a part of the Illuminati, so we travel. We span all time at all time. Mm -hmm. Time is no longer linear when you're a part of the two-person Illuminati. So anyone can be better than anyone else at any given time. Yeah, thanks for giving away all our secrets constantly. This is going great. It's all right. We're gonna redact all this in post. Okay. Uh, anyway, so with that being said, I think I give this about a seven. Um, like I said, I really enjoy the pieces that I enjoy, but as a cohesive album, I don't think it stands up any more than like a seven or so. Okay. But I do recommend it. Well, do I? I recommend the good songs. <laughs> <laughs> Which are some of them. The Which first half, of apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, figure it out. Okay. Um, great. Well, we're making pretty interesting on time here a little bit early. That's great. We have even more time to talk about what I recommended to you, Stephen, which is... Uh, it's uh, the album Fun, Fun, Fun by Cats Millionaire. Cats Millionaire is a, 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 a pseudonym, right? Pseudonym for um, independent artist Debbie McCallion, 
who's been releasing music on Bandcamp for like, I don't know, a decade in MySpace even before that. Um, other names, she's gone under After Cats Millionaire. Um, um, I'm blanking. Mom and uh, Girls Rituals. And now she's part of the uh, duo Black Dresses who are making some waves right now. Um, but back in the early 2000s, she was making brony music uh, under the name Cats Millionaire. And uh, this was the last album under that name. And post then, you know, she's moved on. But um, I'll leave it to you. Um, What is this? <laughs> First it's of all, fun, any... fun, fun by Cats Millionaire. And I will say it was fun. What a fun album. Um, I think, Lewis, anytime you recommend anything to me with My Little Pony now, like a part of me like the back of my mind remembers the episodes that i always forget that i've even watched of this thing and i like shiver i have like cold sweats in the night and i wake up mm-hmm. uh this and anything related to swans um <laughs> fill flashbacks <laughs> but uh here we go so anyway uh this is an album i think i listened to it a couple of times uh, i want to know lewis how much of this is satire? Is any of this satire? What is no, any of this? <laughs> no. Um, okay. Well, um, the first thing I wanted to say about this that I wasn't able to say last time because of our rules of Get Wrecked, which if you guys don't know, I don't even know if we ever said this, we're not supposed to tell each other what we think of our recommendations when we give them or anything like that. It's supposed to be purely objective information and that's it, unless we're doing a theme that would dictate otherwise. And so... Immediately when I recommended this to you, you, I think, went to Lewis is trying to make me watch more, listen to more, whatever, My Little Pony material, which is not true at all. Um, if I hadn't shown you anything, I would have given you this album anyway, because I have been completely infatuated with this album. And I'll explain why if it's really that confusing. Completely infatuated with this album for the last like half a year. Um, this has been like my album of the year ever since I discovered this. And it was probably the biggest surprise I've ever had with anything in my life. I don't think there's anything I went into with the expectations I went into this with and came out with the impression I got afterward. Um, I have been aware of the brony fan music scene for a long time and i would hope to god that you were not um because holy shit there's so many bad like meme tier like edm bass drop dubstep whatever the hell you can think of um that permeates this that i was like completely certain there was no chance anybody who could competently make music or who actually had any sense of artistry could have ever been involved with it um and this completely changed my mind but i've already talked for too long so i'll come back to you now that i got that out of the way well i do want to say um just top to bottom and i do really believe this uh whether this has anything to do with my little pony or not which from listening to it i think it does and also i looked at the album titles and they all talk about my little pony episodes this album from a musical standpoint is truly incredible (laughs) like pretty much every track on here i enjoyed so much and the other thing i will say is not only that but i think that this album 
really highlights something that I think is very special in what fandom can be because fandom is honestly typically so incredibly destructively toxic mm-hmm. but this utilizes ip in a way that is so i want to say almost transformative and truly can be anything that like i like even just listening to this album <clears throat> and listening through through it and understanding like I didn't even understand the references to what they were talking about most of the time, but I did understand the musicality and just thinking about this in the context of like my own fandom and things that I'm a fan of. And it's like, imagine this with anything else. Like if there are artists or, or content creators that were able to do something like this with anything else, like I think that that is, it opens up an entire like potential now i don't think the one thing i will say though is it's like this is a very specific case where if you were to try to do this with one of the big corporations out there and there are a couple of them let's say i don't think that this would fly any muster because uh you would have a legal team on you so fast that it would be honestly destructive but i those were just the two things that really stuck out to me like more than anything was the general musicality of this album, which I really do think a lot of the tracks on here are just honestly incredible. Um, first of all, her vocals are just amazing. And then two, just the implications for the fan community of, of really anything, but specifically um, this in the context of My Little Pony. Sorry, quick sip of water. Yeah. Um, Lewis just drowned himself in water I if did. anyone was curious. I had to go fast. Um, Whoops. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, so I second everything you just said. What I think is incredible about this is that I don't know if I have actually, let me back up. So when I talk about, um, Bernie music being terrible, I mean, this is obvious. This is actually a much more underground release. I, um, as far as that kind of thing goes, there are some like major names. Should I call them out? Yeah, I'll call them out. Fuck them. There's like the Living Tombstone who now does music for um, anything that's popular at any given time just to like maintain relevancy. And his music at this time, or maybe a little bit before this, but was like EDM stuff and a bunch of other people. He he was the most famous, one of the most famous people. She was not. Um, I mean, for starters, if this album came out and wasn't related to um, My Little Pony or whatever, it would have flown under the radar anyway, right? Like this is very quirky, eccentric indie pop music um, released by an independent artist. It wouldn't have gone that far anyway. Um, But the fandom did have, I think the capability to launch people's careers, which it did a couple people like living tombstone. Um, And so I I don't know. I I really wish it would have, but um, one of the things that bothers me so much about so much of that stuff, aside from the fact that I think the music's just really bad um, is that, a lot of it just turns into references, right? So, like, I'm going to make a song about this and make it sound really cool by putting a bass drop in it or something, or, like, really predictable samples um, from the show or something and mixing that into some kind of EDM thing. None of that happens here. It is mind-blowing to me just how creatively and intelligently she actually uses the references because what this album is is a collection of songs that all are technically about an episode from the show and it like lists what the episode is on the Bandcamp page for each song so you can actually see which one it's supposed to be about 
but that's only on the surface level because every single song ends up being like an allegory for the actual emotions or feelings that would lead somebody to end up becoming a brony in the first place. Um, and in her case, when you listen to her later material, which is just nakedly emotional to a disturbing degree and still is to this day, has been ever since she moved to mom to now, you realize that all of the emotions she put onto the characters in this case, again, just a front, is completely tied to her actual experiences, which is so like beyond the level that I could see anybody coming up with. It's like insane how smart that is. Um, when you use a reference in your art, you should always make sure that exactly what you said, it's transformative. You're actually making something out of it. Like that use has to be the only thing that you could put in that place, right? Because otherwise you're just like calling something else out and drawing up that for no other reason than to drop that. In this case, that is that is exactly what we're looking at here. And you even mentioned that like it could apply to other any other like fandoms as well, which it could if you switched up the the emotions of the album. But like I think that what she's saying here is very specific. To, I guess I guess you could also say like I don't know like furries or something, but some kind of weird niche community like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think like. On the opposite spectrum of this, you have something like a Twilight fan fiction taking off as a weird pseudo porn. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes a multi million dollar movie trilogy. But yeah, I mean, I think uh, so much of that, you mentioned that emotion, so much of that emotion comes out in all of these. And what's interesting is it's like, not only is she talking inherently about the characters themselves, but you have songs like talking about the Canterlot playset, right? Which is like, now you're becoming referential to the broader spectrum of the fandom, which is not just even the show now, but thinking about emotional attachment to the actual, like what My Little Pony truly is, which is like the, you know, the figurines and the playsets and all that. And I think that <clears throat> that is just something that is like, so interestingly introspective in a way that anyone could theoretically relate to in really any aspect of any fandom as you as mm -hmm. you mentioned with like i mean you could think about it really from the emotion of like what does it mean to be a fan of really anything and there's that attachment that it comes with all that and now even like going a layer deeper than that i mean a lot of this is referential to episodes of the show which i think is is well done as well because it um, she's taking an in, she's taking a perspective of a character in a time and place, which is inherently referential, but as you mentioned, not explicitly referential to where it's like, oh, hey, super fans, listen to this. You guys know this part. No, it's like you're getting references in like in a different context or a different way of looking at the actual episodes of the, of the perspective of the fandom. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, and in the case of Canterlot Wedding Playset, it's doubly brilliant because not only is she talking about the actual playset, she's, it's like two, it's like two, it means two things at once because in one sense, it's actually referenced to the episode that you watched, um, probably don't remember because apparently you blocked that, but a reference to the episode of um, Canterlot Wedding, um, and she's putting it from the perspective of the villain who takes over the city as if it is a playset. And the Canterlot Wedding playset actually is a playset, too. And then not only is it that, but as you listen to the lyrics of the song, um, 
there's two versions of that song on this album and both of them portray a different tone and one of them she's like really bitter and sarcastic as if she's like angry at the studio um, which another song in here princess breath is the same thing like like give me another give me put more wings and horns on everyone like that's what that one's about and then here she's like bitter at that at her for making everything into a toy set and then on the next version of the song it's like which is the closer here as well it's super sincere like an actual love letter um so there's moments of like oh what the hell's the word i'm looking for i'm not gonna find the word um but there's moments of i, I think cleverness like that but then like the first three tracks here strike me as like a really incredible trio of tracks because all three of them are so like powerfully sad um the emotions that this album smacks you with in the beginning set you up for this super anxious and lonely and um um dejected undercurrent that stays throughout most of the record even though it becomes more lighthearted as it goes along um like um yellow horse is like one of the best songs i've ever heard <laughs> ever um and here it's like this she's all the entire song she's just referring to all of these like all of the ways in which she feels like she's constantly mocking herself constantly not accepted um it's, it's like the self-hating anxious um emotions that she displays and then relates them to um to fluttershy she's saying like you show me the way as if people like this are relating to these characters and taking them in a certain um taking them to reflect on their own thoughts and this, the uh the song other twilight does a similar thing too where the song is on the deeper level like about like actually wishing you could be a pony so that you could have friends the last uh lines of the song are like um friends aren't a thing that you can just wish for make up or be appointed to by a queen you'll have to trust or something like that like you people are looking into the show like trying to make friends that are things that don't even exist like no you have to do that for yourself um and the way she says those lines makes it sound like she's not confident she can do the same thing um and it's songs like that where it's like wow there's just there's this really incredible emotion that runs throughout this album that again i have not heard anybody else um from this scene ever attempt yeah it's something incredibly mature for you know a really something that's initially intended for for children which i think is also just an interesting layer of that as well now i think a lot of fandoms are in some ways originally intended for children but having kind of this more mature perspective around this is brings a certain level as well the last thing i just wanted to mention of course was not only the lyrics obviously and her vocals as well but i mean even sonically this has a lot of interesting things going on track to track and where we just talked about fallout boy having some pacing issues i feel like this track doesn't this album does not have pacing issues actually i feel like the energy track to track flows in a way that's kind of almost like I think of it almost like a sine wave. You have these, you have these peaks of of energy going into this sad pit of despair that you feel, and you feel that along the way, not only from the lyrics but also from the actual sonics themselves, and then even from the the actual length and um, you know tempo of the tracks. Like I'm thinking specifically as you get to the very end, like blue slash fight camp. I don't know how you want to call it, but that's that is a quite, kind of pretty slow song, and it's an interesting song to to be the second to last song of the album kind of gets you off on this really low point. And then you mentioned the closer as well, which is taking the different perspective on one of the repeated tracks. 
Yeah, and I mean, not only is the flow amazing, but also like for an album that was almost completely produced from the ground up by one person, this is like some of the most creative pop music. It might be the most creative pop music I've ever heard. And also given the limited resources, um, like it is just crazy how many like unique sounds are on this album that I don't associate with anything else but this. Um, How colorful this sounds, um, how playful it sounds when it wants to sound playful. And then like on the title track here, which um, I know So Great and Powerful also did some of the stuff on this one, who is another person in this vein. Um, but even on that song, like there's this like lo-fi um, characteristic to it. It's got this crunch. It sounds like um, like um, like the whole like the whole track is distorted. Um, and all of these songs come through with like something else throughout this track list. You just keep getting hit with these new ideas one after the other. And that on top of her vocals, which, yes, absolutely are amazing. But like they're also really quirky they're really eccentric like she'll design these melodies but she won't perfectly follow them um i mean later down the line she would just sing completely nuts but here it's it's pretty um it's she's pretty mellow but like again she's not quite following that melody exactly so there's like this quirkiness in every single layer of the music um from the instrumentals to her voice that again is just just incredibly creative Yeah, I'm trying to think about, like, for me, I think a good example of that is Rarity fighting a giant crab. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> might be the most, like, quote-unquote, well, it's not the most fun song. I think the most fun song is Fun, 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 because it has three funs in it. And three, True. as we've already talked about, Holy is a very important oh number God. for this episode of the podcast. But, uh, you know, ra- Rarity fighting a giant crab, you have this fun, dy- this, like, uh, I don't know, call and response dynamic between the the fight and then the giant crab talking. And that eccentricity there really follows through the entire length of the album. I don't know if you'd agree. Yeah, absolutely. And also the way that's a great song to call out because like it sounds like a chiptune track. Like it sounds like some of a lot of this does actually have some like video game music influence in it. And that song in particular, like the way that it just starts falling apart on itself in the second half is just so cool. Um, And uh, oh, God. Um, it's like I could just I every single every single song could just keep going. But um, oh, also um, what's the other one I want to shout out here? Oh, uh, Princess Luna's glorious grilled cheese sandwiches. That song, like the way that she reverbed the main melody on that track, like to sounding really cloudy and atmospheric on top of the super busy drum beats underneath, and then like the double or maybe even triple tracked vocals in that song at least one of her vocal tracks she's like screaming the way that everything's mixed in this song is just insane like it's like such an explosion of energy and at just the right point in the track list too because then it leads into blue flight camp which is by far the the softest song here is it's just like an acoustic guitar um um little song and also um the acoustic guitar she also uses on the first princess breath which is like that song is so rickety like it's the the actual guitar playing on it is always like off key it's always on the wrong note um and the whole song is it's another one where it just feels like it's like collapsing in itself which kind of perfectly goes in with the lyrics which start out as like the sarcastic joke but then as the song goes along it gets like really personal and like self-conscious and to that point the song keeps getting more and more 
um, rickety, which again, there's just like so many of these details that come together so well in this. Okay, so with that, Louis, I don't know if you have any other points to call out. Not that I can't say in the summary, no. Okay, so I think we can give our thoughts on this one. So I will start. I like that they call this nerdcore, ponycore. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that, you know, I started at the top of this asking what this is because it kind of really shocked me. <laughs> like it kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't even know what I was listening to half of the time. Uh, but with that being said, I will say 100% without a doubt, I enjoyed it, whatever it was. I enjoyed it quite a lot, actually. I enjoyed it so much that I might even give it a 10. I think that just up top to bottom is just this incredible piece of art, art, not only, and I would say, even if you don't enjoy what this is doing sonically or musically, I just feel like it's such a transformative experience from the, from a fan perspective, from what a fandom can and could be and how a piece of IP can spread and evolve into something completely different. I know that a lot of, um, specifically, I'll call out a lot of game companies, I know, especially like more independent companies, really highlight or um, push the their community and their content creators to continue to evolve their piece. And I think that's something that, especially in the age that we're in now, the digital age where everything can be created so quickly and uploaded so fast. I feel like this is something that really embodies what the future could look like because independent property, as much as especially corporations like to control it, it is this living, breathing thing that has a whole just audience around it. I mean, you look at it as a very unique and interesting perspective compared to something with like fans of artists or people, right? Those are those are individuals or groups of individuals that are creating something whereas an independent an an, indiv an intellectual property like this that has life around it and a community that can kind of boost it up and really it is boosted up by the community i think that just from that alone this thing is so incredible to me and i definitely wasn't expecting that i would recommend this 100 percent without a doubt yeah, uh, everyone in the chat's asking me how I how much I threatened you, or how much I paid you for this. Yeah, so, maybe so you I tell them. Yeah, I will know. Full, full transparency. For, yeah, for full transfer, transparency, for full context, I will note Lewis and I are in the same room. And when I mentioned that he was drowning himself, I actually meant he has me waterboarding right now. Um, but this is actually an audio recording I captured of Stephen in his last moments before death. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, no, I mean. Uh, Wait, Louis, can I just say one more thing? Yeah. This is important. I just want to mention that this album is hands down better than Filth. I agree. Um, I agree. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, it's... Um, it's not better than Ariana Grande, though. Sorry, everyone out there in the... <laughs> True. In Ariana the Grande gets an 11. <laughs> um, no. Um, yeah. Great. Uh, that's crazy. I was not expecting that at all. Um yeah okay like i said i think my introduction talking about this album is similar to what i would say in the end but like i have just this captured my like year like i don't think anything ever has and well things have but not 
to this level like not 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 on this not something that i didn't expect to do that in the first place like seven years on and i was completely convinced that nobody in the 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 brony fandom i guess was capable of making competent or impressive music on any level and not only is this competent but this is like this is crazy creative on the level of like plenty of my favorite albums and it is insane to me that this still has yet to catch on on that level um but like i know cats millionaire was doing stuff with other artists covering living tombstone before this this was the second album the other one reads a lot more like a more conventional brony music album i mean still not at all she's still super quirky and out there but like she covers songs from the show and covers other people's fan songs and only a couple songs even come close to the level of like um um brilliance that these do and the level of cleverness and also just originality um i also can't think of anything else even outside of this i can't think of anything else in music at least that hinders exclusively around something else is like this referential and manages to make that its actual point like it actually does a reference right um for the entire album you could not replace these My Little Pony references with any other reference and get the same meaning out of this, which is crazy. Um, the lyrics are stunning. The music is wonderfully creative. Um, and just in general, like, this has become one of my all-time favorite albums, completely out of the left field. Um, and also De uh, Debbie McCallion in general. Her music, even after this, is just amazing. She's made so much great stuff. Um, and now Black Dresses are doing great, too. Um, like, so yes, would I recommend this? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm still stunned by this. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I would definitely give this a 10. I mean, I, it took me a while, I think, to realize just how much I loved this because there really is that much to read into here. Not only is it musically great from the get go, but like, as I kept listening to this, I kept taking more and more things out of it. And I realize now just how thoughtful this actually is. And again, I would encourage anybody who does listen to this to also listen to something like Mom 3, which is a later album of hers, or something like that that gives you an understanding of her actual um, everyday emotions. And then when you return to this, it you will hear, you will feel that click. You will totally understand that this was completely real. Um, and that is just amazing to me. What are they saying? So with that, Lewis, I think we can uh, go ahead and move on to what we recommend to each other. Maybe we'll take a quick break for the... We'll start a new segment. I kind of want to start a new segment today, Lewis. After we recommend, we'll take a quick break for the chat. Uh, chat, if you want to post a couple questions, we'll answer them. And then yeah. we'll uh, respond to some of the things you've said. But uh, until then... Lewis, I guess I'll start. You know, Lewis, when I was thinking about what I re wanted to recommend to you today, I was thinking I'm missing something. Something's missing. And I think for the last couple of years, what's happened is we've had these big blockbuster superhero movies twice a year, right? And this year we only had one. And so 
I was like, you know what? I want to watch a big blockbuster superhero movie, and I want to talk about it with Lewis. So, Lewis, today, I'm going to recommend to you Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire. Okay. Uh, and, um, Stephen, for my recommendation, I also feel that something's been missing lately. And that is, I have not been recommending any progressive metal to you, any prog metal. Um, it's been sorely missing on our show. I know all the prog metal fans in our audience are really clamoring for that. So I will recommend to you the album Images and Words by Dream Theater. Um, and um, did, did get the thing. There we go. Okay, now I guess it's chat time, I guess. Yeah, we so we're going to take a quick quick break for the chat so lewis if you want to scroll up i want to mention wait go down a little bit lewis we're looking at the chat oh mm -hmm. i noticed at one point uh wannabe melon asked if now that i'm gone again this is just a pre-recorded message that i've recorded it's very convenient that it happened that you you were saying exactly what i thought you would say um but with me gone they're asking if they could co-host the podcast and i just want to say for the record uh one you have to join the illuminati very important and then two you have to legally change your last name because this can only be hosted by two brothers so uh get on that and then we can make that happen unless your last name already is falgo in which case we're oh okay. that would be very convenient yeah. i'm also seeing people are saying that uh they'd re they prefer beetle bronies lewis can you can you comment on that just wait until the beetle bronies come back well we almost got the beetle bronies come back i'm sad that didn't go anywhere um yeah, uh, well... We can affect that change. We are a part of the Illuminati, <laughs> so we will make it happen for you. Well, if you want to talk about uh, incredible referential art, I gotta say that parodying Beatles songs with My Little Pony lyrics interspersed every three lines is some of the most mind-blowing art I've ever heard and really speaks to both what the Beatles were discussing as well as the uh, eclectic Beatle bronies. So, yeah, there you go. Um, so does chat have any questions for us unless you want to scroll down the chat i've got a what the fuck and a fuck you so sorry oh thank you chat thank you um let's see uh we will not comment on any any potential suggestions because they may come up later we don't want to give away our thoughts uh, i am a mega mind thank you i'm a 3000 galaxy brain user so thank you in the chat I want Lewis. I want to co-host a podcast with you so we can talk about how good Lotus Butte is. Okay. <laughs> um, Lewis, can you talk about how Tool is the best band of? I can talk about how Tool is the best band of all time. If we're going to be doing a progressive metal show, I can't see what else I would need to say. Um, Tool uses math in their music, which we were discussing earlier. Um, sadly, Stephen and I weren't quite in it enough to record our episode with syllables in the order of the Fibonacci sequence, but Tool was able to do that on their incredible mathematical progressive metal song, Lateralis. So if they can outmath us and we're math geniuses, then I got to give shout outs to Big Brain Tool uh, for their Big Brain math music. Yeah, and I, I see also then in chat, someone's asking us to talk about our favorite adult humor from Cars, Cars 2, and Cars 3. And I just want to point out that's three things. Holy shit. Guys, this is crazy. Literally anything from Larry the Cable Guy is my favorite adult humor from Cars, Cars 2, and Cars 3. Teeterman can ask, Stephen, what was that first impression that you gave for Fun, Fun, Fun? I'm so confused right now. Uh, I think literally the first thing I said is, what is this? And I'm still not quite sure what it is, but I did like it. That's just proof you have to listen to it uh, 
three more times. Three, right? Yeah, three. Yeah, exactly three. three. Or maybe nine. Anything that's a multiple of three, it doesn't matter yeah. what. Or, yeah. I'll get my triangles ready to watch. Okay, so I think with that, Lewis, um, is there any housekeeping stuff that we need to mention? Um, I Thank you, chat, by the so. way. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. You helped us fill time. Um, no, I mean, CastBox is linked in the description. Oh, Castbox is linked in the description here. Um, if you don't already know, we are in Castbox. You can listen to us in the car, on the airplane, while you're having a walk, at home, in space. I don't know, <laughs> wherever <laughs> you can listen, but not out in, but not like actually out in space with no atmosphere, yeah. because there's no sounds. You'd have to be on a space station. So if you're on the International Space Station and you want to listen to Get Wrecked, I'd recommend it. Yeah, and again, because we are in the Illuminati, you do have to listen to us. And if you want to listen to us while you're walking on an airplane, that's also feasible. Yeah. Or in the airplane over the sea. If you are in the airplane over the sea, uh, you can listen to us. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, CastBox is an app, too. It's good to have on your phone. We're not sponsored by CastBox. Maybe we will be someday. I don't know. Um, maybe if they join the Illuminati with us. Yeah, again, uh, I do just want to mention as a housekeeping item, we are still accepting literally any sponsorship. We will we will do whatever. Oh my God, we will whore ourselves out to to an extent you've never seen before. We, we, we will, will do chill so hard to our usual 30 viewers. Oh my God, they are going to subscribe to whatever it is you want them to. Yeah. Um, I think that's it though, right? I mean, unless you have anything else you want to say. No, that's it. So with that, those were our thoughts. Those were our recommendations. Get wrecked.